0: He's making me What's time thing to think they kill i keep a fire lose a living I gotta go faster Keep up the pace Just to stay in the human race I could go supersonic The problem's chronic
1: Chos Nachos amigos and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. I am Petey Ray, your man with no plan. Here with me this is, of course, my team of record breakers, record reviewers, people that i talked about music uh, on a weekly basis. We have Brett. Howdy. We've got Patrick. I have Con
0: Cried.
2: Mm-hmm. And we've got Drew. I do too, and I didn't even get the fun of the Con. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: We are here, of course, gathered to talk about music. The provider of the music this week is none other than Brett. Brett, what do you got for us this week?
3: Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a uh, live album by Jimi Hendrix uh, without the experience. Um, this is Band of Gypsies um, mm-hmm. from 1970, one of the last and only uh, live recordings that were officially done with the... Hendrix and yeah. other.
1: Yes. Um I have to ask the fellows. Uh let's go Patrick. What were your expectations coming into this
0: album? So I am one of seven people in the world who's never really gotten into Hendrix. Like it's I of that era of music it's never been my uh my go-to. Like I've heard, you know, like the five or six songs that everybody's heard, but I've never listened to a Jimi Hendrix album. I'm not a guitar player. I mean, I, I have guitars and I can play them very poorly, but I'm not a guitar player, so I never had that particular obsession. So I, I knew it was bluesy 60s rock, but the specifics were unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Drew, what expectations did you have coming into this album?
2: Well, uh, like everybody else, I, I know... Uh, very well of Hendrix. Um, I know uh, the music he does with the experience, as it were. This is not something that I knew much of. Uh, Brett gave us a little bit of a warning that it was going to be very different from the experience, uh, but it, it was still going to be Hendrix being Hendrix. Um, I'm actually on the side of a, a swagger at this point. I've, I was never a huge Hendrix guy. Uh, when I tend towards soloy like, meandering music, I tend towards the more jazzy side. Um, and when I like my blues, I like it more, uh, clean sort of blues, more like the, your, your Clapton's and your King's and whatnot. Um, when I get into that sort of, uh, bluesy rock sort of stuff. So like, Jen- Hendrix was never my, uh, guy. I get why some people like him. i just always thought there was better out there but uh, I was willing to come into this with a fresh ear and dig into uh, what this was knowing okay. that it was going to be different from the experience that most people know.
1: Yeah, we we kind of have our, our preconceived notions of Jimi Hendrix but this did kind of deviate a bit uh, Brett what would you say are the themes and elements that make up this album
3: uh, this is this is a you know one of the albums that were played at the music store almost like once a week. It's something you can just put on and it goes forever and it goes wanders and it's got enough there that uh, you know it can be great background music. But uh, this is basically a recording of a jam session um, between <laughs> Jimmy Billy Cox, which is a guy that he met when he was in the in the military, uh, like in sixty one, and uh, a young drummer named Buddy Miles who does some singing um this you know this was this is considered like a proto um funk rock it's got r&b grooves with uh ripping guitar which has been you know cited as influential with funk rock guys hip-hop guys jam bands and you know like your regular last musicians but um you know just buddy buddy miles ended up being in uh with touring with george clinton you know think, think things happened in this little period of time it's a six track album uh none of them were less than five minutes long there there's a couple that are near or over ten minutes long um I'm into that kind of stuff uh it it's uh compared to the experience it's got more funky bass lines it's actually got a bassist not a guitarist playing bass um less jazzy drums um it's more uh more funky uh it does a little a little different than the experience uh Overall with writing, um, you know, it's it's one of the first times that uh, Jimmy used all the, the fuzz face, the Octavia, the Univibe, and the Wah at once um, while being cranked up to 11. Um, this was right when, you know, effects started being something that you could rely on, even though the fuzz face still had a transistor on it that depending on the temperature, it would change tone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just one of those things, but it's very 1970s. It's got, you know, it, it's, it's got, uh, protest rock in it. It's, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing of its time, but, uh, it is, it is, it is very much its own thing in the, uh, in, with musicians that I talked to about Hendrix.
1: Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be the themes on on that caught your attention?
0: Um, it's bluesy jam rock like that that sort of sound uh i mean this is 1969 or so when this came out so you have uh, you have uh, the very beginnings of led zeppelin i think by this point the who have been around for at least a few years uh so you have like the british bluesy rock and i guess you know the beatles existed but they're not really bluesy rock they're just the beatles and you can count hendrix
3: as british rock too because that's where he hung out
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm. Um, yeah, but what Hendrix did, and this is sort of my general thing, is Hendrix progressed the notion of the electric guitar. He was not necessarily the best guitar player. He was great, but he. But I mean, when your when your peers are you know Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton and Pete Townsend, like you know you're he's par. You know he's he's somewhere in the middle of all that, but. He would try shit, and like I'm just thinking, like what people try to do with, you know, modern effects pedals that have you know piles of solid state electronics and microcontrollers, and like how easy that is, and how he did it with a fuzz pet, with a dirty like simple fuzz pedal, a basic octave, a wah, and a uh a you know a vibrato pedal, and that's that's it, and it he made sounds that sounded like you know. Hell happening right in the middle of, you know, right in the middle of a a blues jam. So it it progressed the guitar forward a lot. And that sort of is the interestingness to it. Otherwise, it's kind of if you've for for reasons related to where I live and the sort of musicians I used to hang out with. I've heard 500,000 like Rocky blues jams like it, it. I kind of hate them at this point, not because they're bad, but because I've heard them all but jimmy hendrix did his thing he sounds like no one else he has tone for days and he could sound like pure evil which is kind of cool
1: yeah (laughs) uh drew what would be the theme song that caught your attention
0: well i went into this as i said
2: not not huge into the experience but digging right i wanted to i wanted to see what this had and this had a lot of meat on the bones um i've made no Bones, uh, about being a fan of, uh, the funky bass, as it were. Um, I I tend to dig on that groove, and there was plenty of that groove to be had here. Um, while immediately, at a cursory glance, first couple of times, exactly, the, the bass line that makes you do this motion a lot. Um, while initially, at cursory glance, this didn't make me uh, necessarily change uh my opinion on jimmy as i sort of delve deeper i gained an appreciation for what people see um i usually get on people's case about it right like i'm usually that guy but i started to get it right i started to see where it was there was there was light at the end of the tunnel, as it were. There was there was stuff to be had. Um, there were times where the solos seemed to lose themselves, which is sort of characteristic of Jimmy. Um, but they found their way back, and there was a couple of times where just everything hit. Everything hit really, really well. Um, and I ended up digging on it. I ended up digging a lot of it. Seeing where the sort of funk rock sound sort of, um, got its first mix, right? It's first inklings where, where bands like the Chili Peppers would derive like the base of what they are. It was really cool. Um, not only that, but the rhythm section, um, Cox and Miles, um, were just just absolutely fantastic like uh, jimmy's gonna jimmy's gonna jimmy jimmy's going to go off and and go into craziness that is Jimi hendrix but the rhythm the rhythm section never deviated the rhythm section always kept that really solid groove going and if the solo lost itself being able to find its way back was jimmy being able to clue back into uh billy cox and buddy miles and those two are fantastic backing musicians to a guy that will always demand attention no matter uh who he played with at the time mm-hmm.
1: so. command and demand attention that's for sure that's a jimmy hendrix a thing uh, Brett, what would be some of, what would be some of the key tracks and moments to key in on? I mean, there's not that many to pick from, but let's talk. I'll let's zero in on a couple. Um,
3: you know, the this, this album does open up with, it opens up with groove, but, uh, like it, many consider that Jimmy's magnum opus is machine gun. Um, this, this is like considered to be peak Hendrix. Um, also because it was recorded live and you got to get all the dirt and the, the non-studio cleanliness. Uh, of you know even then there was still a, a it was really not easy to record live i would assume that uh you know because they i think they recorded over four nights um but uh the, this this has this is a, a behemoth of an album or of of a song um and it has a guitar solo that takes up most of it um but the thing that is impressive is that even even if somebody 45 years after this was played originally came and played this at the slippery noodle down the road. I'd be just as impressed. I mean, this is, this is in itself. It, it's a, it's a great Vietnam era protest track, but there are some like, some amazing like dynamics to the song that really, that draw you in. Um, and it's, it's not something where note for note, you're going to need to follow. It's a song that you can put on the background and, you know, you can sort of jam out to, but if you wanted to go in there and dissect all the, all the entire arrangement, there's some stuff going on. Um, and then I'll I'll talk about changes. This is, I really really dig this track. It's what I one of the tracks I think of when I think of this album. It's got vocals by Buddy Miles on the drums, which you know when Jimmy stands off to the back and not sing sings while he plays in the same pitch on his guitar. Uh, you know that that's that's kind of a neat thing to see. Um, you can totally see why you ended up working with George Clinton. Um, there's 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 some major like funk Genesis going on here. And above all else, the wah guitar on this track is is killer. There there is there is something about Hendrix's wah guitar, like he 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 honed that that skill to such a such a level that like very few people can can walk anywhere near where he got on you know just turning your amp up to eleven and plugging it into a wah pedal, but uh, you know. That overall, this whole uh, this whole album had like you know you can you can latch onto certain things, but this is definitely not like this ain't Electric Ladyland. This is this, you know this is this more is, Electric Larryland. No, it is not. There's no uh that, that, yeah exactly. That might be an album that needs to show up here though. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with
1: that. one I'm okay yeah. with that reference. Uh, but yes, Uh Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for for you?
0: I think Brett, like you can't deny Machine Gun. Like that is uh it's it's basically Hendrix ripping for 13 minutes. I mean, that's that's what that song is. The 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 advantage to being in a trio that he was on this album is that he could just kind of be the guy to shine and he had two great musicians behind him to hold down the fort. Some of the bass work on here is kind of incredible. Like it's it's very much um it was before, like, the notion of popping and slapping, I think, really took hold. But they were these crazy, intricate, constantly moving bass lines that, that kind of work. Um, and the drums were way, way, way tighter than I would have thought a live album from the late 60s could be. Uh, it, I, you know, usually it, it, drums never sound that good in the 60s unless they're, you know, played by John Bonham. But this did, and that was kind of fun but machine guns it's i mean it's at its core it's a heavy blues song it's there's nothing that complicated about it but it it is just you know a all-time great guitar player ripping for you know 13 minutes um and i actually kind of liked the last song on it we got to live together cuz the vocals just get like the vocal harmonies are a little crazy and at the end it just kind of goes nuts and you know speeds up to a point where you know music music didn't go that fast for another decade or so, like until you know punk really started going in the late seventies, so it's kind of fun to hear fast music from from a time when that wasn't really quite a thing yet, very often
1: Hmm. uh drew, what would be some of the key tracks for you?
2: um well, to me. The, the beginning track i guess i'll do um who knows uh it starts off really groovy and it sort of gets you into that as we were doing earlier that the neck down sort of grooving on it i sat there and i sat there and i was grooving on it um okay you
3: just channeled squiggles i i think i've heard him say that exact thing <laughs> Also, I His bet he can do that dance. Thing. I, you know, I was, that is a, that is a white man available dance move. The oh,
2: bike bottom.
1: The, move oh no! Yeah, this is this <laughs> is Mark
3: Ronson in Uptown Funk.
1: Yeah.
2: I was I was trying to uh, channel a bit more a uh, uh, bit more Scott Johnson on that than Squiggles, but i oh, well. But he
3: is the he is peak white. He, he, he is, is the top, he is the king of the white man. Yes,
2: the king of the white man. I'm trying to imagine the. <laughs> The he, is, is, he is the, is the, the whitest, whitest man in the room, There's in many rooms. Based
3: off of being from Utah, but yes,
2: Utah is a pretty white area. Um, yeah. but you get that groove right off the bat, and you kind of you kind of know it's going to be a little different from what you got from the more psychedelic stuff that you got with, uh, the experience. Uh, changes, but we're going to go into this. Um, changes was absolutely great. One, I've never been a huge fan of. Um, I've liked Jimi Hendrix's guitar. I've sort of, kind of got it. Um, before, uh, and I'll go into a little bit more on the next one, but like I've absolutely hated every time he's sung on anything. Um, and Miles, uh, something about Miles. There's a reason this man was a uh, California raisin, and we'll leave that that one. Yes, um,
0: <laughs> gonna bring that up real quick. I did my research. Oh, <laughs> But, that, that is probably the most interesting random factoid of this album. Yeah, there was a California Raisin on it. Um, Damn right. But there was
2: also something that was a bit... Um, it had that like cool country night driving along down the road, just grooving to a tune and like just letting that tune in the night sky just sort of mingle together as far as sound goes. There was something cool about that um song to me as far as that goes it sort of is a cool image but then uh message to love uh, i'm gonna go into that one um jimmy went off on that one uh and went off on a few tangents and i have i have sort of gotten it before i've sort of understood where people come from with their jimmy hendrix love but this time i really got it like i really like i i when I heard message to love, it was me realizing for the first time in full glory, like why Jimi Hendrix, like devotees just absolutely adore Hendrix. Um, he was able to go off and he was able to meander and always come back. And it always felt right in that one. And I, I was able to take that uh, trip for lack of a better word uh, with Uh, Hendrix on that one and it was that was really fun it was a much more eye-opening song than I would have thought so
1: Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of interesting tracks to kind of well not a lot but a few interesting tracks to (laughs) to uh, sink your teeth into
3: if you're Uh, talking yards of tape there's a lot of yards of tape on this album exactly
2: (laughs) it's only it's only cut in six positions but. but but use a lot of the a lot of the you know
1: a lot of the recording time uh yes. yeah volume uh that being said, let's bring it back around to some final thoughts uh Patrick, what would be your conclusive thought about the album overall
0: um I think this is required listening for guitar players. I think that's a fair assessment of it and and if you're into blues like there's there's some cool crazy you know, bluesy stuff. And, and then like, you know, has been said kind of the roots of funk. It is not my album of 1969. There's three or four others. I just, that just suit my taste better, but I get why people love Hendrix. He's, he is, he progressed the guitar more than almost anyone else of his generation did more in terms of expanding the, the notion of what you could do with a, you know, with an electric guitar and a tube amp and that, that's good for the world. Um, it's, it's, it's blues jammy stuff, which isn't my thing, but, but it's at least really well done in parts and it has crazy guitar sounds. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, true. What
2: would be your conclusive thought on the album overall? Um, as I said, when I went into this, I was, I'm, was not a huge Hendrix guy. I just, I'm not, Um, I've always been of the mind that there are better, like everybody always holds him up as like the greatest guitar player or whatever. There are better guitar players out there for pure guitar. If you're going for technical aspect of guitar, um, what I always thought Hendrix did really well was utilize things that nobody else had and made a new, made new sounds out of it, which I think is where, the greatness of Hendrix sort of lies. This album was the first album I listened to back to front and I didn't get mad at any point that it was a Hendrix album. It was uh, absolutely fantastic in that regard. There was a lot going on that was just fun, um, which I never really get in the more psychedelic feeling uh, rock and like that era of music. But, this definitely had it for me, uh, in great deal. And if all you know of Hendrix is the experience, if all you've experienced is the experience, um, there's there's a lot more to be had out there. And oh, it was just good. It was really solid. What you would when there's a name that's a classic name that everybody knows like Hendrix, you know it's going to be it, you know it's going to be good and it's going to be deep and there's going to be a lot of meat on the bones because that's sort of what rock is. When there's a rock name, there's a lot of meat on the bones of the music. And there was a lot of meat on these, their bones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a what, what, good, good alteration of the phrase uh, so that we're not
3: reacting <laughs> <laughs> things. Uh Brett,
1: what is your conclusion?
3: Uh, I mean, if you've heard the hits of the experience and you, you want to dive deeper and you want to get like one of the last sounds of, of, of Jimmy before he died. Like, you know, this is that, this is it. This is, this is where it was going. This is where it was headed. Um, you owe yourself to listen to this album. Um, even if you're not a musician, you, you can, you can find gold in them, their Hills. Um, and you know, if you don't get it, I, I completely understand. Um, you know, we're, we're a bunch of, people that find quality in the nuance of of noise and there's a lot of noise in this it might not be for everyone but you should at least give it a try if you can't get through the groove if if you can't um, deal with uh if you couldn't deal with parliament and uh (laughs) you you might not like the, the the things that we like about this album um, because it it doesn't just stand on its guitar work and it wouldn't just stand on its guitar work mm. it it's, it's something that had to be i mean yeah they there there was some some magic in in the 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 backing band yeah. and you know, a lot you know and there is a california raisin, so go look up some old claymation commercials and yeah find you some buddy miles exactly
1: uh and I think that's a good way to kind of wrap that up uh and bring us to. The
3: haikus
1: reviews reviews Yes The Haikus Reviews Haikus Reviews all of yeah. you uh, parle vous all of you's uh We get to our haikus right now. Uh God let's dumb. see.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. I don't yes, think we that's are. a secret. I don't think that's a secret though. No. Uh everybody knows that. Uh Let's go with Patrick. Patrick, what is your haiku?
0: Lucy Rock Jam Fest. Guitar for guitar players. Overhyped, but good. Drew, mm-hmm.
2: what is your haiku? I went in worried, but surprisingly, I was glad I had the time. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I'll give my haiku. Uh, Jimmy's final word. I think close to final word. An interesting journey with gifted gifted gypsies.
3: Brett, what is your haiku? Masterful guitar with a really smooth backing band. Last taste of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Double uh,
1: uh. That being said, those are our thoughts on. A band of gypsies,
3: or just and a band I'd like of to gypsies. thank everybody for not making a, a Miles of Cox. Uh, <laughs> like it, it was there, it needs to be noted. Somebody gets like um, the, the participation award.
2: I I will note that when I was typing up my notes, I put Miles and Cox, and then I thought about it in my head, and I was like, I'm going to switch that Switched, around. I, <laughs> I saw that. I was like,
3: he really, missed an opportunity to make a cheap five year old joke, but oh cool. no.
2: No, trust me. I know what's coming up next. I will oh, save yeah. sophomore humor for later.
3: <laughs> All right. Yes.
1: All right. So that being said, uh, you can of course find this album on our Spotify playlist. Uh, keep tracking. Up, play along at home. Play record breakers. The home game on said Spotify playlist, as he alluded to, is Drew's pick. Drew, what do you got for us next week?
2: Um. Well, we we'll went a little bit deep. Into, uh, music's sort of, um, uh, th- history. I'm going to do a little bit more lighthearted than that. Um, this is, I've been, uh, following these guys for a little bit now. And I've really, really enjoyed their stuff. As I said, it's sort of sophomore humor. And I get that it's dick jokes. It's, it's ridiculousness. It's, um, two guys, uh, uh, Dan Avedon, otherwise known as Danny Sexbang, and uh, the theoretical physicist—that's—that's that's actually not a joke. Um, listen to the album, and I think you'll figure out why I have to phrase it that way. Uh, Brian Wecht, also known as Ninja Brian, and their band Ninja Sex Party. I'm gonna bring up their uh, newest album, Attitude City. hmm
1: Uh, so look forward to that discussion coming up next week um but until then uh we bid you do that has been another fantastic episode of record breakers of course you can find us all over the internet patrick is at the swagger brett is at at h-i-b-b-i-2-y-b-i-b-b-a-r-d drew is at x juicer x i'm at pd rave the show's at four record breakers that's number four record breakers Recordbreakerspodcast.com, recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com, uh, Rebelly TV on YouTube. Uh, follows along. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, uh, we're Pocket Cast, we're, we're everywhere, everywhere you want us to be. We're everywhere you want to be, uh, like Visa. I think that's what their slogan uh, But look us up. Subscribe, share, like. Until next time, hasta los huevos.
3: Hello
0: <inaudible>